Finding Purpose, The Song of My Life, True Motivation, Episode 81. Welcome back, everyone. You have been listening to the stories about my past and have also heard from a couple of my daughters and grandchildren. Their lives have been influenced by the important things that Thomas and I learned in the first few years at the Trudering House. Even my youngest grandchildren, unknowingly, are reaping from the fruit that comes from having parents that love God. Even though they are too young to listen to the podcast, I like to show them old photographs and tell them about how their mommy grew up. I feel like I am at the same time planting seeds of faith in their little hearts. It reminds me that even though Thomas and I were adults, we knew that Jesus said, you must become as little children. I like to look through Thomas's first Bible, the one he bought in Eureka, and find the gems that truly motivated us. Here are a couple of them. In Luke chapter 16, 10, it is written simply, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And another verse was, For we walk by faith and not by sight. This helped us to accept both the good and the difficult things that came our way. Speaking of children, maybe you remember an early episode where Thomas and I talked about having more children. I think we were living in the teepee with our first baby girl. I told Thomas that I loved being a mom and couldn't wait to have more children, maybe even five. We talked and we prayed about our future and we asked God to give us four more children. So here we are in Munich with our two precious little girls, loving being parents, when I said to Thomas one day that I believed it was time for number three. Even though Thomas's responsibilities had grown, we were in agreement that we both wanted a larger family. We prayed together, asking God to bless us with another baby. Now back to the happenings at the Trudering House. Thomas went off every day across the city to his job where he made layouts for sheet music publications. All the while, Steve and Peter were strategizing on starting a new business for the community and planning trips to Italy and England. This was following the example of our sister churches in the States who were always considering how to expand and how to finance the ministry. The year was drawing to a close, and Peter and Steve had already set up their plans to return to the States. Soon, Thomas, John, and the new team would be on our own. Even though it was late fall, our next group baptism was being planned. Steve and Thomas had spent a couple of the evening studies reading through many stories and instructions in the New Testament on this topic. Most everyone had been baptized as babies, either in the Catholic or the Lutheran Church. And as new believers, though, it was important that they understand what the Bible says in contrast to tradition. Some of them expressed concerns about getting criticized by their parents and friends. Being baptized outdoors in a lake or river was unheard of at the time in Germany. Most people were only familiar with babies being sprinkled on the head with water by a priest. It was wonderful for me to listen to Thomas talk about his old life in West Berlin and how we both got saved and baptized in California. 
he told them that it was a turning point when he confessed our faith out loud to everyone watching. I also remembered how joyous we were that day. God had made us new, which included our relationship as a married couple. Because he was German, they could relate to him more than they could to us Americans. Thomas realized that he was in a unique position and that it was important for him to learn how to reach their hearts with the word of God. At the same time, I was trying to take in everything he said that could help me talk about my faith with the young women. It would be easy at this point in the story to just skim over the details of the men's Bible teaching. But I find it's important today to take the time to explore briefly what our true motivation was. There were two main scriptures about baptism that Stephen Thomas emphasized. At the end of the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28, Jesus gave his final instructions to his disciples. In verse 28 are his words, Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And we read together chapter 2 of the book of Acts that described the beginning of the church after Jesus returned to heaven. When people heard Peter's powerful message telling them that Jesus was crucified for their sins, they were cut to the heart and asked, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We had a great discussion that evening on that chapter. Thomas explained that each person needs to make a decision based on their own sincere conviction. He didn't want anyone to feel pressured into it and said they were welcome to continue living at the house, even if they weren't ready to get baptized yet. Some of them had already witnessed other baptisms we had at the cold Izar River in Munich. Mark's wife, Linda, a married couple, and two women had decided they were ready for the exciting event. The guys decided to take Terry's advice, suggesting we go to a small lake in Munich where the water was warmer. Thomas wrote down some quick notes of instructions to the location because he had never been there before. We drove off on a Sunday morning from the tutoring house with a caravan of Citroen cars following us. We had to stop a few times, get out of the cars to discuss the route, and then make U-turns. By the time we finally found the location, it was foggy, and we all got out and put on our winter jackets. We gathered together in a large circle near the water and began to sing and thank the Lord for the beautiful day. Thomas prayed and explained the procedure. They would all be going into the water with their clothes on, and we would be waiting for them with towels when they came out. He and Daniel would receive each person individually and ask them these two questions. Do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Will you obey and serve him as your king for the rest of your life? And then Thomas would say, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each time someone came up out of the water, we would start clapping and sing praises to the faithfulness of God. 
Even though it was cold, no one really cared. It was also like that when Thomas's mother was baptized in February at Living Waters. I was taking pictures that day, including our car adventure to the lake. But the most amazing photo I have is of a young German woman standing between Thomas and Daniel in the fog with swans around them. For me, it is a beautiful reminder of that special day. But just for clarity's sake, I'm not alluding to any type of symbolic meanings about those swans. I don't remember if there was a toilet building nearby or if everyone had to just go stand by the open door of their cars to change their clothes. Either way, we were all happy and refreshed and looking forward to getting home to the warm meal that the sisters had prepared. Shortly after that, Steve and Peter had planned to drive to Italy with their families for a mini vacation. Even though there was some snow on the ground in Munich, they were confident that they would find sunshine in Italy. Unfortunately, it was freezing cold there, and they could only afford to just go as planned and sleeping in the vans and cooking outside. So nobody, including the kids, had any fun. While they were gone, though, some of us ladies started talking about what kind of going away party we could do for them. We decided to decorate in the Bavarian colors of blue and white and ask everyone to wear their dirndls or lederhosen. The meal was a simple version with leba case and knödel and probably some pretzels. The music needed to be a traditional Bavarian thing. We counted on Thomas practicing up that kind of music for us. The party was different than the last one. It was not a somber farewell, but a fun night of music and fellowship. I have pictures of the children dancing together and one of me with a brother doing a waltz or a polka. Someone had the idea to do a country-style line dance. We made an arc facing each other, holding our raised hands up and taking turns with the end of the line dancing down through the middle of the arc like a tunnel. By the end of that, everyone was laughing and hugging each other. Of course, we took a group photo there in the living room. This time, we were about 40 people that included some of our children. That celebration was in December, giving Peter and Jackie plenty of time in January to pack their household. Besides personal belongings, they were taking big items, including a trunk full of leather repair tools. They were definitely leaving with way more than they had come with two years before. Since they had booked a cargo ship to New York, they could take whatever they wanted. The challenge was getting everything, including their three boys, into two vans. The pictures I have show the top racks piled high with suitcases. The car looks like it's ready to tip over. Thomas and John were going to drive with our second van up to Bremerhaven with them and help unload. And then they would return to Munich with both cars. At the final goodbye, Steve and Terry promised that they would come perhaps in August or September to see us. We had no idea if we would ever see Peter and Jackie again. It was the end of January 1977, and there was snow on the ground. We shared one last prayer in the living room before sending them off. Naomi, Esther, and I gave Daddy a big hug. And I said a silent prayer, asking the Lord to please bring my husband safely home. It was an extra emotional goodbye because I knew that I was pregnant, and we hadn't told anyone yet.
The two heavy vans were going to have a long and slow journey to Bremerhaven. I was thankful that they were going to spend the night at a Gasthof when they got there. The next morning, they had to be at the cargo ship docks to unload. Steve took quite a few pictures of those last days, and Terry told me years later about their scary boat trip. That story comes later. I knew it would be hard for Thomas to watch all of them get on the ship. It would remind him of the 10-day cruise ship that we experienced with Peter and Jackie when we came to Europe. At least it was comforting for me to know that he was with John and wouldn't have to return alone. They were going to be driving back to Munich with a whole new chapter awaiting them as leaders in the Trudering House. None of us needed to worry about our house being empty, though. We already had news of three single women from the States that would soon join us. And because of a contact through Terry, a British couple from Birmingham would be moving into Peter's downstairs apartment. Here is Steve's summary of the results of his five-month stay in Munich. He wrote it for the next International Radiance newsletter. Definite moves are underway to obtain another house because their first one is full. Also, they are sending one German and one American brother to receive training from the Service Master Company so they can start a carpet cleaning business. This will soon become a prosperous training tool. They want to see teams sent to other areas in Germany and Europe. They plan to send out their own people, as well as hoping to see more teams come from the States. Two countries that stood out to us on our trip were Italy and England. We have a contact in Italy, which might mean a farm that we could use. Italy is in a desperate situation, economically and politically, because of communism. In England, our visits with Christians were extremely well received. There is an awareness throughout Europe of the seriousness of the times. The doors for gospel work are open, yet they could close at any time. Let us pray that we can do all that is possible to fulfill the work God has given us to do. Your brother, Stephen. In closing today, Steve said it all. We are ambassadors for Christ in a world of need. He goes before us. We just need to be faithful in the little things that he sets before us each day. Bye for now, friends. P.S. Don't forget to check out my photos on Instagram under Van Doren Christine. Bye.